Welcome to episode two of Deep Natter. I'm Jeffrey Sidoris, and in just a moment, I'll be joined by Sean Tucker. And in this episode, we're talking about effort, specifically whether and how and to what degree effort is connected to the value of the things that we make. If you'd like to listen to these conversations live or participate with a question or a comment, join us on the Clubhouse app Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Check the show notes for links to some of the things that we talk about in the episode, and be sure to listen to the end to hear how you can connect with us. Here we go. Good yeah. housekeeping, man. Ah, thank you. Well played. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I think we could just call it a day there. You just nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we open it up then? Yeah. yeah. Um, so what, what would we like to talk about today? Well, you, you texted me something that I thought was quite interesting. You're doing some uh, musician research. Yeah, I won't say much about the project yet, but I've been, I've been doing some research. And one of the people that I've been researching is a guy called Todd Rundgren. And I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of Todd Rundgren. He's one of those people that uh, one of the quotes that I read from someone said he was Prince before Prince. Mm. Incredibly prolific. He's a, he's a musician, he's a writer, he's a producer. Uh, he famously produced Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell record. Mm. Um, and he was talking about, there were a couple things that I thought were really interesting. And one was that every, he said that every solo project that he did was a vanity project. That he, he didn't think of it in terms of success. He thought of it in terms of I need to say something and I want to hear this in the world. This, mm -hmm. What I'm doing here needs to be in the world. Even if it's only for me, that's fine. Because he had this other, this other um, uh, re revenue stream, I guess, you know, because mm -hmm. he was producing for other people. And he had another band called Utopia. So he said, you know, in, in the salad days of, of when things were, were at their peak, you know, he would record and release two solo records. Utopia would release at least one, sometimes two records, and he would produce two or three other projects in a year. So it was this, this phenomenally prolific yeah. period. Grief. And one of the things that he said, and this is what I, what I texted you about, was he said that effort increases the value of things. Mm. And I, I've been thinking about that ever since. And it, and it, in, in many ways, it fits with the way I view my life that, that, you know, if, if you read a, there's a book on, on what's called love languages. Yeah. Gary Chapman. Yes. And one of my, maybe even my biggest love language is, is effort is works. I am a, I am a works based person. That's where I find value in, in being of service and, mm -hmm. and whether that's things around the house or in a friendship or, you know, however it is, I, I value effort. Mm. So when I heard this, I was like, wow, that's, that's really interesting. How do we, can we, can we talk about that in relation to the creative work that we do? And, and is that true for, for you, Sean? And is it true for maybe people who are listening that those projects that you really lose yourself into and have to, have to really make a concerted, conscious, purposeful, however we want to define that effort to get done, are we most proud of those things, regardless of what they do in the world? Are we most proud of the value that they, that they have as projects, as objects, because of the effort that it's taken to produce them? And I thought that would be an interesting thing to talk about maybe today. I like it. 
So effort equals value or effort adds value. Hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I'll ask you, this, this book, you have made a concerted effort um, for months to write this book. Is it more valuable because of the work that you've put into it? Do you see that correlation between, between increasing the effort and increasing the value on the backside? I think it does for me. I don't know if it does for everybody, but it's definitely true for me. Like it's, it's, if I think of um, a single image I might take in a day that people really like and, you know, sort of everyone gets excited about it, but it didn't really take me much effort to take it. I don't, I don't believe the response, but, mm -hmm. but having written a book for seven months, which was every day plugging away at something, regardless of what the response is from everybody else, it's way more valuable to me because of how much went into it. So that's definitely true. Um, mm -hmm. I wonder like if we, I think it's true if you know the story of how something's made as well. So, so um, maybe just, maybe an example is like um, uh, documentaries about like how films are made behind the scenes. When you can tell that a, 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 a movie took a great deal of pain and effort to make, so you sort of, uh, what was it, Heart of Darkness about Apocalypse Now. For some reason, I think that story about how difficult that film was to make adds to its lore and its value and its longevity because of the narrative about like overcoming all these obstacles to make something happen than something that was shot in, in you know, 15 days on a soundstage. Because, right. because of the effort that when it might, it might be like hero's journey stuff, really, you know, it might be like for, for other people, when you know that backstory, it's like, well, here's somebody who wanted to do a thing. It didn't come together. It was a huge fight. They had to get over a, a lot of things to put this thing out into the world. I mean, when you know that on top of looking at whatever it is that was made, I think, yeah, it definitely adds value in the eye of the beholder as well. If you care about that stuff, you know, right. I, I well, and that I was going to be a do. question. Yeah. Do you have to be a maker yourself in some form to, to appreciate that le level of effort? I mean, is, is the average person going to care that Werner Herzog, you know, drug this boat over a mountain <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <you> know, <laughs> nearly all... killed Klaus Kinski? Yeah, multiple times. They nearly killed yeah, each right. other. I think at one point <laughs> he said he was actually walking to his tent with a rifle in hand. He's like, hey, no, this is going too far. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, well, well I, I don't know, because for me, like that, that I, I don't think you have to be a maker of that particular thing. So I don't have to be a filmmaker, because I'm not a filmmaker on that level. I've never been part of a crew on a set like that. So I don't really understand the ins and outs of how to make a film like that. But, but all the things they had to go through from, you know, forging documents to get past the, the um, Peruvian militia who were taking over at the time to, mm -hmm. to crew mutinies because they were sick of the conditions in the jungle to, to how do we actually drag a ship over a hill? Cause we right. refuse to do it in miniature. So we're definitely going to, with the fact that Peter Zeitling had his hands split in half because the, the, the river boat they were on crashed into actual rapids because they needed to get it in camera. Like all these things, like when you know all that, you're like, wow, that's a, there's, there's a story behind the making that's as admirable as the piece itself. And, and I would argue for me, maybe even more so in that case. Like, right. I, I think like, um, he's got a book, uh, called, 
uh, gosh, what's it called? Um, uh, Conquest of the Useless is the book about the making of that film. Um, and then there's, a, there's also a, um, a, a documentary that was being shot at the same time called Burden of Dreams. And that documentary and the book, I think, are more interesting than the film itself for me. Um, those two things. And I think it is to do with the fact that, can you believe the effort these people went through to make something that, that well, at least Werner really believed in and insisted on dragging everyone through. Right, right. Um, but I, then he did it again for a guru wrath of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every <laughs> Drug time. Drug poor Klaus just, over the mountain in full armor. Yeah, exactly. No, it's just because he hated <laughs> Klaus Kinski. But yeah. <laughs> hey, Klaus, I've got one where we go to Antarctica and you have to run around naked. Let's do that next. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I mean, to play devil's advocate, then there are there are there are people and maybe people listening to this conversation who are going to go, yeah, but it's just a movie. Well, because the movie is just a movie, though, isn't it? But the story of people making that movie is different for me. It's it's mm -hmm. that's an inspiring story of of driven makers of things who are just so determined to get something done. That's that's uh, that's almost separate, I suppose. I wonder if that has to be true as well. So if, if like effort adds value to something, do, can someone pick that up without knowing the story behind it? I, I would question that. Um, you mean, is, is the effort apparent? Yeah, exactly. Or, or is mm. it something where we, we, we apply it afterwards when we find out everything it took to make something? I mean, that's why, that's why I like photography projects, longer term photography projects and standalone images because I like the story behind it, you know, what someone mm -hmm. was thinking, why they had to go and take those images, what it took for them to get access, how long it took them to get those images, how many throwaways there were. That whole story I always find super interesting and adds value to the work for me when I know how much it took to get that work into the world. Right. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. Have you got like a, an example from your life where you, where you, something cost you I don't, more? I, I mean... I don't, nothing that's, that's based on one project, I don't think. Um, because I, I think on, on some level, I'm still trying to tell that story, mm. you know, so I'm, I'm, it, it's hard for me to be outside of it because I'm still in it. Yeah. You know, um, I think that, you know, maybe the only thing that I can think of in terms of, of effort was leaving California and, and mm. leaving behind, you know, making that decision to leave behind the only world I'd ever known and everyone in that world to come to the East Coast. You know, that was an extraordinary decision for me to make. And, you know, in terms of, of creative projects, though, I don't, I don't think so. Not yet. I mean, I, th I think that's one of the reasons that, that you and I have, have you know, we've been kind of talking back and forth on these on these large projects that we're kind of on on the verge of, of beginning mm. in earnest anyway. I mean, we've been thinking about them for years, but yeah. I think I think I'm on the cusp of, of being able to share, you know, what went into it because I'm now finally starting this project. Mm -hmm. So, you know, ask ask me again in a year's time when when, you know, both of us have at least a little bit of the project underway and can speak to where it's going more clearly. Because right now, you know, like we were talking the other day, I have no idea where this thing's going. I have no idea what stories are going to arise, what left turns are going to, I'm going to take and what it's going to look like at the end. Mm. But making that 
decision, deciding to make the effort, I think is, is part of the art of the project. Mm. You know, there's, there's art in the decision-making, there's art in the effort, and then there's art in the end product. So I, I don't know is the answer um, at the moment. Okay, well, no, but here's another question on that. So last year, you did more paintings in a year than you've done in ages. You just had this pro prolific patch where you just put out a huge amount of work in a short space of time. Yes. Is there a difference between, because I'm going to guess that that didn't feel like effort because there was flow going on there. Oh, it didn't feel like effort at all. Yeah. No. So I wonder if like effort has to be like blood, sweat, tears and struggle, or it has to be like, an amount of work, whether it flows out easily or not? Well, I think that's an interesting question because we, we are from a, from a fairly young age, we are saddled with the myth of the tormented artist, right? Yeah. We are saddled with the myth that, that, that art or making, let's, let's use making because it, it, it's not relegated to just paintings or anything, but mm. that making has to be a struggle that we have to sort of, you know, wrestle forth something of value from the muse or from our own history or from, you know, the ether, whatever it is. Um, but there are times like, like this, you know, last year for me that it wasn't an effort. The effort was getting out of my own way so that the work could come out. That was the effort. Mm. Making the work wasn't the effort. It was, it was removing all of those mental and psychological blinders and barriers that I had put on myself over the course of the past 20 years that kept me from doing the work during those 20 years, Got if you. that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. And do you think that added value to your work? I don't know. I mean, that's, I, value and worth is something that I wrestle with a fair bit. And I, I think the value was realizing that there was nothing to be afraid of. Right. The value was realizing that I can put out something in the world for the sole purpose of wanting to see it in the world. And that's enough mm. because, you know, as, as you have pointed out many times when we, when we talk and rightly so, I think that's all you can really control. You can't control what happens once, once you show someone else your work mm -hmm. or, or a group of someone else's your work. Yeah. You have lost control of that altogether. You have no idea how they're going to respond, nor can you influence or predict it. But you can predict when you start, when you stop, and if and when you decide to release it into the world. That's what you have control over. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, if I, if I use the book as an example, I think, I think that's true. Because I think when I started writing it, I just made a commitment to myself that I wasn't writing for a target audience. Because mm -hmm. then you try to please too many people. I was going to try to keep it really singular and just write the book that I believed I had to give at that time as best I possibly could, even if no one got it, you know, right. and, and I wasn't worried that people wouldn't get it, but I, but I was also aware that I might be able to, I could pander more. Mm -hmm. and, and probably get more. I mean, I had people suggesting to me, you know, well, you should do, you should do like assignment lists at the end of chapters that give like <laughs> practical lists of do, do these 10 things. And I'm like, right. you, know, I, you could do that and you might have a more widely popular book because but it also use drastically changes the scope, doesn't it? Exactly. And I, I felt yeah. like whatever happens, I want to have said after these seven or eight months, when I finish this book and I close this document down, it's all done. 
that I poured out a ton of effort making this thing exactly what I wanted it to be, even mm -hmm. if even if if no one gets it or if it's a huge bestseller is 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 irrelevant and it has value only because of that effort I put into making it exactly the thing I wanted it to be, not because of the response to it. So from that point of view, I, I reckon that's definitely true. Is is the value is in the effort and the, the story it took me to get something out and my hopefully singularity of purpose rather than value because other people think it's valuable. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. that, now that said, and, and maybe this is a, 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 a pointed question or maybe it's even unfair, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking the other day and, and you, you've had a chance to see a, a, a little bit of what the pre-order numbers have been. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, don't, don't give that away, of course, but in seeing those, have, has that affected, or have you questioned at all whether you made the right conceptual or creative choices within the book based on who has responded to it so far? Does no, that make that, sense? Yeah, not at all, because I, I, I don't consider people pre-ordering or not, because they haven't read it, so they don't know what's in it, really. I, mm -hmm. All I've done is put out a trailer that I think represents the tone of the book. But I mean, I'm doing another video now that's sort of reading the first chapter and explaining a bit more in depth about what this thing actually is. Um, like, no, it, it, because you, you, you can't comment on it because you haven't got it. You've got mm -hmm. it, but no one, yes. like other people don't have it. So I don't know, it, it, like even those pre-order numbers are, are irrelevant. And, and even people's, and I mean it, even people's responses to it, if, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure this won't happen, but even if, People got this thing in their hands and went one star. It's 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 an undecipherable crap. <laughs> it is exactly the book I wanted to write, and I back right. that. You know, this is exactly right. what I wanted to say, and I think this has huge value. So, so I think. I mean, this is a hard thing to say, isn't it? But I I, I think that um, even if I knew the outcome for some reason was going to be horrendous and no one would care about it, I'd still would have done it. Because, mm -hmm. because I want that to be part of my life story, that I took those, those eight months of lockdown stuck at home to put down on paper exactly what I think about the creative journey now here at this point in my life. And that's, in, that's enough. Even, even if it just ends up being a glorified journal that, that I had to pour myself out to get on paper, that's enough. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's value for me. Even if I stuck it in a drawer and no one ever read it, that's value to me. Um, everything else is a bonus after that. I think. I try to can you to play that? Yeah. Can you play that game with yourself of, of how you think it may have been different? Had it not, had, because there, there was this sort of perfect storm of, of events that took place that, that allowed you to focus 100% on this book without physically being able to go out and do your quote unquote yeah. normal job. Yeah. Would that, would, would the end result have been different had there not been this pandemic, had, had you been able to continue business as usual and, and, you know, not necessarily have to commit multiple hours a day, every day, which you did. Yeah. It just, it just would have taken longer. I think the minute, the minute Rocky Nook got hold of me and said, Hey, we want to, we want to do a book with you. The minute I mm -hmm. agree to something, I will do it. I've just got that personality type. If I tell you I'm going to do something, it will definitely get done. Right. Um, and the minute I said yes to them, it was definitely going to happen. If I had to do everything else that I do at the same time, it would have been harder and it would have taken longer to do, but it still would have gotten done. Yeah. The end result you think would have been the same though. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Cause I already had it mapped out before they approached me. 
I mean, I had I had the broad outline sketched out. Um, mm. It was just trying to find the, the the excuse to do it, and everything else keeps getting in the way. And then they approached me, and that's like, okay, well, well, here's here's the reason to do it now. As a publisher, actually wants to publish it before they've even read it. I'm like, all right, well, that's cool. Let's let's do that then. And then the pandemic hit, and it's like, well, now you have zero excuse to yeah. not do a great job of this because you are stuck at home and there's only so much Netflix to watch. So you, you yeah, better do right, something right, good. Right, right. There's know? only so much Warzone you can play. Yeah, well, that's debatable, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. How did it affect being forced to sort of concentrate all of this this time that may have, you know, that may have taken weeks or months or, or even years longer without the pandemic? How did that that concentration of time get you thinking about this next project does does it have to be a similar level of of sort of uh effort commitment obsession etc or or will you allow yourself to take take more time with it yeah i will i'll, I'll definitely I'll, I'll i'll let it breathe more um mm -hmm. and i think i don't know about you i i have this problem where when i have decided i'm going to do something I almost need to get it done intensively and quickly. And I think maybe this is a good thing because there's, there's different sorts of effort, aren't there? And I think I'm not sure. good at the, the consistent, long-term, slow, methodical effort. I want right. it to Same. be this Same. intense, let's get it done. We're all this together. We're, we're, we're just absolutely going to burn ourselves out and, and finish this thing, whatever it is, and collapse at the end of the day. That effort I'm really good at. I'm not as good as okay, well, I can do this little thing today and then tomorrow. And then over, over a period of time, it accumulates into something better, but it's those small bursts of effort. I'm, I'm less good at staying motivated for those. I, I'd struggle with that, I think. And that's what this next project will be for me, this portrait project, is, is little bits over a longer period of time. And I, I, yeah, that's, that's the harder one to motivate, I think. Mm -hmm. Do you find that? Well, I think what's, yeah, I think what's interesting about you saying that is you and I have talked at pretty great length about consistency. And if, if you look at your, let's use your YouTube channel for an example. If you, if you pull the lens back enough, you are very consistent in that you do Keep a going. video. Back up more. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Not far enough. Keep going. I'm, I'm, re I'm back really far yeah, right stick now. Stick <laughs> another wide angle lens on that further back. There it is. <laughs> I've, got, I've got that six millimeter fisheye. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just at the end. <laughs> Uh, but if you if you look at that, you you set out to and you promised your 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 viewers, I'm going to create a video a month. Mm. And while one video a month doesn't sound like a lot in the realm of of YouTube personalities who are producing multiple videos a week, it allows you to be consistent, deliver on your promise, and work exactly the way you like to work in, in terms of you can very intensely put together a video, you can write it, film it, edit it, produce it, and then you can take a breath and, yeah. and go do something else and then come back and do the same thing, write, produce, edit, release. So you're, you're staying true to that, that thing that, that, that motivates you, that, that method of working that motivates you. And honestly, watching that has been a huge, not, not just inspiration though, though yes, but a huge validation to the way I work. Oh, which cool. is very similar to you in yeah. fits and starts. And, I, and you've, you've kind of shown me that you, you can have something consistent, but it doesn't have to be daily consistent. It just, no. has to be, it just has to be predictable consistent. And if you set that term to, you know, biweekly or weekly or monthly in your case and stick to it, that still reads as consistency. 
Yeah, I'm a big fan of, especially when you're talking about outward facing stuff of, of you know, under promise over deliver. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I do. You know, my channel trailer says once a month, most months I do two videos. You know, no one, no one thanks you for that. They will go, hey, where's the next video? But like, I have made sure that like, I've made sure that I've only promised the the, the minimum of what I can definitely get done. So it Mm -hmm. will always happen. I won't let you down. That will happen. Um, and, and you'll get more than that, but I'm not guaranteeing the more instead of, I think what a lot of people do, which is give themselves a crazy schedule because they think they can keep up. And some of them do just kill themselves trying to keep up with their own schedules. And they might do it technically in that they do put out two or three videos a week, but the quality of those videos gets hammered because there's no way I don't, I don't have two or three interesting things to say a week. I just don't. I don't know anyone who does, honestly. Right. So, so, right. so what, do, what do you end up doing? You just end up watering everything down so that you can meet an arbitrary target you set for yourself because social media told you this is how it works. Um, instead of going, no, 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 but, but the thing I make is what counts and I want that to right. be the best it possibly can be. So that's what dictates the schedule, the output, the effort, how this thing works, not not a platform that exists for a, for a, for a blink in time. And is probably gone tomorrow replaced by something else with its own schedule. You know, it's, right. it's, it's my thing gets tells, tells me how much I can give to this and how often I put this stuff out. Um, well, but, and I think you do it in a really healthy way. I hope so. Right? I think, I think you, I mean, I was watching the, uh, the Bert Kreischer video with, uh, uh with yeah. Casey that you recommended. Yeah. And I'm at that, that spot in the video where Casey's talking about, you know, doing a video every day yeah. for, for like almost 900 days in a row, insane, a 10 yeah. to 15 minute video that that was his life. And the life that you saw was a life that he manufactured for YouTube. He was, you know, when he would talk to his wife, it was, it was him thinking about the video that he had to get done, but he's thinking to himself, all right, be present, Casey, be present, Casey, be present, Casey. But then all he comes back with is, can you say that one more time to camera? Yeah. And it just, it just wrecked his wife. It wrecked their marriage. Yeah. Because of the effort that he set on himself to do this channel. And I think that, that, you know, to your point about people setting these crazy schedules, if, if you, if you produce something that you can do and do well and, and do do at your, at your pace in your way, man, I think that's gotta be in just infinitely more rewarding than, than looking back on those, you know, in Casey's case, looking back on those, those three years and going, man, I wasn't present at all. I got a bunch of videos done, yeah. but I wasn't present at all in my kid's life, in my wife's life, it, yeah. all of those things, you know? Isn't that the danger though? I think that's what, that's when you hear something like, that's the dark side of what you're saying, that effort adds value is, is, is a type A personality is going to hear that and go, see, I do need to, when I feel the flow, I need to just chuck everyone else out in my life. They must sit and wait for me because I'm just going to kill myself doing this one thing now. And you can all take whatever's left of my life is, is, is this like, it's like the tortured artist thing you were saying, you know, that's the danger of it is, is it almost becomes an excuse to to destroy, blow your life up for the sake of one creative output. But we're, we're, we're all supposed to be mature adult human beings with a bunch of different responsibilities and things we care about and friends and family and the rest of it. If, if we pour ourselves out like that for one thing and, and put our head above water when it's all done, we're super proud of it, but everything else is burnt to the ground. Was it really worth mm-hmm. it? 
-hmm. Is that really what you want to do? It's got to be like, it's got to be mature effort drip fed out over a project that you that balances the rest of your life as well and artists are the worst at that i reckon aren't we because we get so you know our thing that we make is the most important thing happening on the planet why doesn't everyone else get it it's is right. a, a horrible <laughs> arrogance to that that everyone else is i mean I, like like you say with that um video that by the way if you if you're listening it's um comedian bert kreischer he's got a podcast and he, he interviewed casey neistat um if you go look for it on youtube um, and it's, it's like that thing, you know, you know, they're going to couples counseling, Casey and uh, Candace, his wife and Candace is, is just going, why can't he just take weekends off and just do five videos a week? And he couldn't do it because he's so like, this is the most important thing in the world. Honestly, right. if he turned around to the rest of us and went, Hey, my marriage is falling apart. Um, you're going to get five videos a week, not seven. Did, did he really think we were going to riot or abandon his channel or just leave him? Of course not. Of course, we would have all understood, but he was so driven type A in that moment. This is the way it has to be that he almost lost everything. And he obviously regrets it the way he's talking about. And it's, there's there's a big lesson in that, you know. Absolutely. I mean, he's talking about, you know, now his, he said at one point, he doesn't do anything. Like he says no to everything. He's got enough money that he just, he doesn't have to do anything. And he said his agent will call him and you want to do this? And he's like, ah, two hours. Uh, let's pass on that. You know, because yeah. he doesn't, he wants to be, you know, he, he, he was so far that pendulum of effort and drive was so far to one side that now I, I think it's going to take him a little while longer to correct because now he's so far to the other side where, where it, it's, it's sort of equally distant on the other, on the other side of that equation now. And I think it's going to take him a little bit to sort of get back to center. I think so. I mean, I mean, that's it, isn't it? Like, like, uh, I think, I think effort makes a better story. But a particular personality of artists need to be really careful about that. Because you, you, you'll, you'll ruin your life or just or, 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 or lose your life. I mean, I mean, I, I really think that like, this whole tortured artist thing and the way that like, there was a really dark side to a lot of artists and, and they, you know, end up with huge patches of depression and the rest of it in their life is because they are loading themselves with so much pressure and expectation um, that, that, that actually isn't coming out in practical effort, but it's like this emotional effort, this weight they put on themselves that, that, it, that takes people to very, very dark places. And I think a lot of lives have been lost because of it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, 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 yeah, when you first said it, I didn't think that actually. When you when you first said that quote, I didn't think it. But there is a real dark side to it that you have to be careful about. Um, yeah, because I do just think about it in terms of the story, like the story of how did I make this thing that I made. Mm-hmm. That to me, when I tell somebody if they've if enjoyed something I've made, and then I tell them how difficult it was to get there, I like that because it does enrich it for them. Hearing that, it, it certainly does for me when I. When I love something and hear how hard it was to make it, it helps me appreciate it even more. There's definitely that. But we can't load that on ourselves. We can't try and make everything we make an unnecessary battle as if that adds to it, because it doesn't, I don't think. We can't, we can't hope and pray that every time we embark on a portrait project that, we, that, that, that every camera we have breaks, it's always raining and, and, and we can't get anything. <laughs> we can't hope for that because we think it's gonna make the work better, because it's not. Right. It's, it's got to, it's got to be like, it's got to be something more, more intrinsic to us and how we, how we gave ourselves to a project, I think, than trying to craft some dark story that makes it better, you know, cause 
there's definitely an, a, a type that would ever romanticize that, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think there is, there, there is a danger to, to seeing what's come before, seeing what, what those people had to do to get there and going, that's what I need to do. That's the only yeah. way it can happen is if I do it that way. And, I, and that's, a, that's a hard one to wrap your head around, I think. Yeah, because some people are geniuses as well. Some people just, I mean, the, the work they do also feels effortless. They are just such prodigies or whatever in what they do. They go out and it does feel effortless and they, they enjoy it. Their work is not less meaningful because of the lack of effort or, or because of how easy it comes to them. Good for them as well. There's also that, isn't there? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I look at like a, um, very jealous you got tickets, like a Jacob Collier, just as a musician. The fourth ticket is for you. You said you'd come over. Oh my gosh. I, I, so I'm not kidding. Are you serious? Yes. That's I, why we got four. Oh my gosh. I will be there like a bear. I don't care how much it costs. I will quarantine for 10 days for that. I will do. <laughs> Actually, I won't tell him I said that bad. But you know what I mean? Um, I reckon, I reckon like looking, looking at him play or create, the the level he creates at as a musician just seems light years i mean light years ahead of his peers but light years ahead of of a lot of established older really experienced musicians it just comes so effortlessly to him you know mm-hmm. and he just he just lives it and enjoys every second of it it just flows out of him and uh, and i i that it's definitely not less meaningful his work to me because of how easy it comes to him um, it's a different kind of story then, you know, which is as valuable to me. Yeah. He would be an interesting person to talk to and ask about effort and ask him, what, where do you see the effort in what you make? Where do you see what is the most challenging part of, of what you do and how you do it? Because you're right. To us externally, it seems like it, it's, it's as natural as breathing. You know, he, yeah. he sits down at a keyboard or, or, and he speaks so quickly about it. There's, there, that's the other thing is, is there, there is no, let me just gather my thoughts and I'll explain this to you. It's rapid fire and it's stream yeah. of consciousness. And he just, he just is in that zone all the time. Yeah. So I wonder where his effort would lie in what he does. I, I'm, I, you know, you can't talk for him. I'm going to guess with him. It is, it is the amount of hours he puts in. Mm. um it's 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 time because it just i mean you you, you've seen that music room he works in uh in his home it's Mm -hmm. his parents home in north london like it's just surrounded by every instrument like i've watched live streams and seen how difficult it is for his parents to just give him a cup of tea so he'll just have a drink you know while he's in while he's just (laughs) in the flow of what he's doing like i think i think that's probably his effort is like it tax. It must tax your energy when you're just in that place. You can't stop. It's you're just so jazzed by it, <laughs> jazzed by it. <laughs> that, that, like <laughs> you, you, you can't. You can't. You know. I, I think that's probably it. But again, I don't even know if he has a choice. Because that's what, interesting. So his his effort is stepping away. That's the challenge for him. Is is turning it off, even for a moment. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that people like that. And, and there's lots of artists like this, I, I suppose. Yeah, their effort is going to be longevity and balancing their life out, mm-hmm. you know, because if you give yourself to something so completely and you, are be- and, and you, you don't take care of your, your personal health, how you eat, the friendships you have around you, building partnerships, if that's something you want, like, then you might stick your head up 30 years from now and go, my gosh, I'm the best in the world and I'm so lonely and I'm really not very well. Right. You know, maybe, maybe longevity needs you to balance stuff and do the thing you don't love doing mm-hmm. so that you can keep it going. Maybe that's it as well. 
You always have such a great way of putting things. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and all the rest of the time, he just talks absolute crap. <laughs> really is. It really is. You, you guys don't hear the shit that I have to listen to. <laughs> That's so true, though. Don't, so, don't laugh now. Because it's so true. Yeah. Oh, my God. Where do, where do you feel it most in what you make? Like, what's the hardest thing about the effort of painting or the effort of podcasting for you? I think the hardest thing is be, and, and because I am because I am so interested in so many different things, it's staying staying in one thing, one project, one one direction to see a, res, a result before I get distracted or feel like I need to go try something else. And that's been my whole life. It's it's yeah. that, you know, squirrel, you know, it, it's <laughs> something there's always a bright shiny object to distract me whether or not I've finished the thing that I'm currently endeavoring to complete. You know what I mean? So I think that's the the effort and this is going to sound really sort of pretentious, but the effort is not in the making necessarily. Mm. But it's it's picking the avenue to go like what do I want to make? Do I yeah. want to go this direction or that direction? That's what's really hard for me is staying focused. And and because I get uh, distracted or or bored or frustrated with where something's going and, and need to step away from it for a moment, it's hard to come back to it because I've already found something else to dive into even for a short time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what's led to some of the talks that you and I have had about consistency, where it's it's not that I don't want to be consistent and it's not that I'm I'm, you know, just sitting home sort of staring at the walls. I'm always doing something. It's staying engaged in one thing long enough to see it through to an end product, then moving on to the next thing. That's what's hard. Mm. It's, like, it's like for me, you, you, you kind of burn the fuel of the excitement of the idea, but it doesn't last long. And then it quickly mm-hmm. just, just turns into work to finish it. And mm-hmm. that's the point where I go, but I've just had another idea that's exciting right. me. So you're, right. just, you're just chasing the idea fuel. And there's yeah. a bunch and you of feel like you're borrowing. Yes. You're, you're borrowing fuel from from an idea to finish something that's already in motion. And and there's a fear then that happens that if I if I do that, if I borrow the idea fuel to do the practical thing that I'm doing right now, am I going to have enough once I get back to that idea to finish it? Right. So it's like it's like a scarcity mentality like you don't have mm-hmm. enough resource to do it all mm-hmm. to keep coming mm-hmm. up with ideas and to finish projects. Huh. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I think I'm very similar. Like I think I, I, uh, um, which, which is kind of, I think why I've settled on doing videos the way I've done them because I'd love to do a documentary one day, a full feature length documentary, but it terrifies me because making a video is almost a perfect length of project for me from, from sort of conceptualizing, scripting, planning, shooting, editing that turnaround time, if it had to go into a third week, I would get I, I would get bored and I might walk away. It's kind really of, yeah yeah I think so. But but that's why I know I need to do longer form projects because I have to grow up at some point, you mm-hmm. know. And I have to I have to get into the discipline of making things that have more substance or more to say because I stuck with them for longer instead of just chasing idea fuel and and burning it until it's done and then moving on. You know I think I think there's a growing up to be done there. 
So when you look at something like, have you seen the uh, the trailer for the upcoming Beatles documentary that Peter Jackson's doing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he in in at one point in it, and I think there are a few of them around, but at one point he says that that they're sifting through fifty nine hours of never oh, before yeah. seen film footage. When you hear something like that, when you hear you know sifting through fifty nine hours. Does that excite you or do you respond like, oh my God, what a slog. Like what that, I can't imagine having to sort through that just to do a two hour movie. Terrifies me. I, I would, I would, I would say no to that every time, unless I had a team of people to do it with who we could keep each other going. I, I, I don't have it in me to do that. I, it's it's hmm. horrible to admit. I just don't though. And I know that. And I know I have to grow up there. Like I almost, I almost need to have, these kind of bite-sized, and here's the problem. I'll tell you what it is. It's, it's that, it's that I think because I've been a one man band for so long um, and everything I do has been throw some cameras in a backpack and go somewhere, whether it's for me or for companies and photograph or film something, I need to be able to conceptualize in my head how that's doable for me to do on my own in that time frame, or I don't even want to get on the plane. Um, wow. and so I have to, I have to almost to, to preserve my motivation because I'm afraid of failing like everybody to preserve my motivation. I think I have to, I have to, I have to know exactly how I'm going to do it before I do it. If you said to me, here's, here's, you know, hundreds of hours of Beatles footage. No one's ever seen. Sean, we're giving you access only in the world. No one else can have it. You can have it, but you've got to put this documentary out. The world's never seen that documentary today because I just don't have the courage to do that yet because I can't see how that would work. And I think I'm just too scared to go, I'm just going to take a year and just watch through all this footage and make notes and hope that I can come. I'm too scared to do it. I'm too scared of failing. And I need, that's a big growth point for me is I need to get to the point where I'm willing to drop big patches of time on, on maybe. I mean, this is what this project I'm going to do now is this portrait project. I don't know how it's going to work. I'm already doing things. Some of it's looking good instead of setting it up. And some of it is looking like it's going to be an obstacle. And I'm, I'm already can feel that fear in the last few days of like, oh gosh, I don't, have I bitten off more than I can chew? Maybe I should just hide it under the bed and pretend it was never going to happen. I'm already having to fight that. Really? Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know, I know that the growth point for me is going to be pushing through that and choosing to go on 20 shoots and come back with images and maybe look at those 20 shoots and go, nope, it's not in here. Start from scratch. Like, I'm terrified of that space. But that's growing up, isn't it? You know? Mm. Mm. That kind of long term. I mean, yeah. it's funny. That, well, not funny. Maybe funny is the wrong word. But it, it's interesting that that you have given yourself such an enormous sort of emotional hurdle to go over, round, through, to get to that stage of growth that you think you need. Like you're not willing to, to, to chunk it up and, and, and baby step it. It's, it's all or nothing. It's, it's I'm going to get over this thing in this project or I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's not the first time I've done it, obviously. Like the, the book is another example because writing sure. a book is like you have to plug away at that over a period of time. So it's not that I haven't done it. And I definitely had to battle a lot of fears with that as well and push through. But this is definitely the, the biggest example of this. And it's also I could just back out and no one would know or care. Do you know what I mean? That's the difficult thing. If I say I almost well, trap myself. 
Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. But I mean, I mean, he was going to remember. Apparently, Sean, Sean was doing the thing. Apparently, it never happened. Who cares? Oh, I've got to, got to go buy some bread at the store. You know, it's, it's like out of your mind. Um, but, that, but I almost trapped myself into things like writing the book because I think that's why it sat in a book sketched out, the, the outline of it for so long. And then someone came to me and said, hey, we want to publish a book with you. And then I said yes and signed a contract to go, well, now you have to. You know, mm -hmm. as if like, well, now you can't let yourself back out because you're scared of it or you think it might not work out. Now you just have to do it. And I knew doing that, that that was the best way to get it done was to trap myself in it and make it happen and make my way out. Um, and, and this time I don't have that. No one's waiting for this project. No one really knows about it. I just have to do it and I have to do it only for myself because I, I really want to do it. And I have to do it on good days and bad days and I have to do it for a while and I have to have days down the road where I look at everything and go, I'm not getting anywhere. This was a mistake and I have to push through those days. And that journey ahead is scary. But like we said, this is where we started, isn't it? I know if I do that, I know if I do that a year or two down the road for all that effort and all that battle, I will look and go, this is much more valuable to me because I did. I pushed through all that stuff. Yeah. I have, as, as, as is often the case, I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> Please add something. <laughs> no, I mean, I, th I think that's, I think it's spot on. And I think that, that, uh, you know, I, I really don't have anything to add. I couldn't, I couldn't say anything, anything better to that. I think you, you, you are exactly right. And, and I think it's, it's the case with anything that we, that we really want to, to see in the world. And only to, because we want to see it in the world, you have to push through the good. You have to, whether you're a writer, you've got to write shit to get mm -hmm. to the good stuff. If you're a painter, you've got to paint shit to get to the good stuff. If you're yep. a photographer, you know, there's a reason that, what's the quote? Your first 10,000 photographs are your worst. Yep. You've got to push through and, and there will be little bright spots along the way, hopefully, that keep you motivated and keep you engaged and keep you interested and keep you excited. But there, were, there will also be those days where you come home with, you know, 10 rolls of film and there's nothing good on them or yep. five memory cards filled with nothing but snapshots. And you go, ugh, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Well, you're making the effort. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You can subscribe to Deep Natter in your favorite podcast app. It's also available in my Jeffrey Sidoris Everything feed, which includes process-driven, iterations, and everything else I release all in one feed. If you're enjoying the show, we'd love it if you'd consider leaving a review or a rating wherever you listen and sharing it on social media to help others find the show. And as a reminder, you can listen live and be a part of the conversation on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on Clubhouse. Connect with Sean on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Tuck, that's S-E-A-N-T-U-C-K, or on his website at seantucker.photography, or by searching for Sean Tucker on YouTube. You can pre-order his book, The Meaning in the Making, which comes out on August 10th, wherever you buy books. Connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Jeffrey Sadoris, that's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S, or on my website at jeffreysedoris.com. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for being here. We appreciate it. And we hope you'll come back for the next one. <laughs>